Good afternoon, everybody out there in Internet Radio Land. This is Blake Ruby, the Reverend Blake Ruby, if you will. Welcome to my show, The Church of the Souls Evolution. How are you all doing? A whole week has gone by, and I'm doing okay here in San Antonio. The weather is lovely, nice and warm, and summer is just around the corner. It's getting back to those sweltering hot days here in South Texas. I was just telling Doug, a long time ago, I used to work at a hotel in San Diego, the Hyatt Hotel, and I was a bellman there. And we used to see celebrities all the time. Rock groups would come and play at the sports arenas, which is just around the corner. And sports teams would come and play at the stadium down the way. And television stars, movie personalities, they were all there. It was really a great experience. But that was the time in my life when I was kind of into rock and roll and and a little bit of substance abuse, if you know what I mean. But without dwelling upon that too long, one day, the Van Halen tour bus pulled in. I've talked about this on a previous show. And so we were getting the bags to take up to their rooms. And David Lee Roth, I know a lot of people have heard of him. He is an amazing man. Such strength and the best, one of the best performers ever in the music industry. You know, that guy was such an entertainer. And I saw their concert later that night, but while I was getting the bags, I had him on a cart. And I was lifting the cart up on the curve, and I reached down, picked up the, the wheels of the cart, and went around to the other side lift up the back of the cart onto the curb and I looked over to my left and there was David Lee Roth looking at me over on the right, you know, looking to the right at me and he gave me a look and he was a pretty handsome man, but his eyes were, and his eyes were, it's hard to describe. I've never seen a look like that from someone. And the only way I could interpret it was the man is an advanced soul. He's an old soul. And he's been called down that road of music, you know, to do his thing, living that life of a rock and roll star. But if I could somewhat interpret the look he gave me, it was like, look at you, you know, you are uh, one of those people that you say sometimes, what are you doing? What's a person like you doing in a place like this? Also, well, what are you doing, menial labor? You're not, you haven't reached your potential. Look at me, I'm a rock star, you know. I perform in front of thousands of people at the stadiums and sports arenas. And, and so that look was kind of, I've never forgotten it. And then we went around, I went around the side of the hotel and came out into the middle carrying the bag of cards, well, excuse me, the bag of luggage, card luggage. And he came in behind me. I guess they'd been talking to someone. So I struck up a conversation with him, and I asked him if he liked, well, I, I, first thing I asked him was, what is your favorite group? And he said, Deep Purple. And then I said, do you like Judas Priest? Because I was into Judas Priest at the time, as well as Van Halen. And he said, oh, that's, they're all right. And he was, an amazing man. He still is today. I look at him on videos on YouTube. 
But I idolized him back then. I thought he was a god, and he still is in a way. I think he kind of he hasn't fulfilled his spiritual goal in this life, maybe if you will. I don't want to judge him. I don't know too much. He's been through so so many things. I mean, he was a mountain climber. He's done some videos climbing mountains, rock climbing, you know. He learned to fly helicopters. He's into the martial arts, and I am too. I got a black belt in Taekwondo, so that's one thing we have in common. Just a, an amazing man who I, I love as a fellow soul, you know. I asked if he would do an interview, if he would call so I could talk with him. I mean, I would feel like, you ever see that movie, uh, Wayne's World, where they meet Aerosmith and they, they go, we're not worthy, and they're bowing down, they're, they're going like that with their hands, that supplication movement, and I would feel that way with him, even though I think when it comes to on the spiritual plane that I might have achieved more in my life spiritually than he has. I don't know if he's listening right now, but if you are, David, I think you're awesome. And I understand, you know, right now, all you've been through, things about money, and I don't have any money to offer you, but I think the world of you always did. You're one of the best singers and entertainers, if not the best in the whole world, and there'll be no one like you. And I know you you're still going on today, and you were shocked by Eddie's death. And let me tell you, also, I went up to Alex Van Halen's room. I took his bags in there, and he's a cool guy, Alex is. He jumped on the bed and picked up the phone and, and then turned around looked at me and said, where can I get a Camaro? I'm going to rent a Camaro. I said, wow, I don't know if I can hook you up with a Camaro because the company we work through, Dollar Rent-A-Car, I don't think they had tomorrow's back then, but I, I believe I, I tried to help him. Can't remember for sure. Anyway, later on, I went to the concert. I came back to the hotel. I did something you shouldn't have done as an employee of that hotel, and that was fraternizing with a guest. My objective was to get up to David's room just to, to talk with him, you know, just to be in his presence. Because he was like, to me back then, in my frame of mind, he was a god. You know, a god, a rock god, a heavy metal god, whatever. Van Halen were the best thing that ever happened to me, I think, when I was at that stage in my life, when I was young in the 70s, you know, younger. And their music just blew me away, that guitar by Eddie, the, that, that, that guitar, heavy rock, heavy metal sound guitar. was just, you know, at that, that stage in my development, I wasn't really going down the spiritual path, but... It just, I fell in love with the sound of Van Halen, you know, and I was following them, their first album, second album, third album, fourth album, fifth album, Diver Down, and uh, Jump. I finally listened to Jump for the first time. I was in the U.S. Army in Germany, away from home for the first time, and I had that album, and I had some other albums. I was into Ozzy Osbourne at the time, but anyway, back to the hotel, after the concert, which was amazing, I was walking down the the aisleway at, alongside the hotel, walking next to Michael Anthony, the bass player, and he had a bottle of Jack Daniels, and he was talking with a few other people, and so I pulled up alongside him, walking in step with him, and I asked him if I could take a swig of his Jack Daniels, and he said, sure, go ahead, gave me the bottle, I took a swig, and 
I was like, wow, Michael Anthony just gave me a drink of his whiskey. That was outstanding. And so then later on, I think it was, might have been earlier that day, I'd seen Alex and Eddie outside, alongside the, there was an uh, edge, kind of like a stone hedge outside the front desk, and they were sitting down on it, waiting for something, I think, and they were brushing each other's hair, and I thought, wow, that's unusual for brothers to do, you know, they love each other very much, that was obvious, brushing each other's hair, that was cool, but they were rock stars, you know, and I remember seeing Alex in concert, and he's such a great drummer, and Eddie, of course, you know, if not the number one guitar player in all of rock history, certainly in the top five, I think, along with Jimi Hendrix and Joe Satriani, Frank Marino. That'd be my top five. And who else would I put in there? There's some really good guitar players like K.K. Downing or Glenn Tipton of Judas Priest, you know, in the top five. Just off the top of my head, I can name a bunch of them. I'm a electric guitar connoisseur. I, I love the sound that they make. And I grew up with it, you know, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Not much in the 90s or after that, but back in the 70s, Van Halen was the bomb. They were like the best thing for me. They really changed my life, you know. And with Jump, when that came out, and I know just those interactions that I have with Van Halen, they might have seen me. It might have been, they were very impressionable by all their fans, you know, and I was a big fan of theirs. But you ever listen to the lyrics of Jump? It goes like, I get up and nothing gets me down. You got to talk. I've seen the toughest soul around. And I was wondering if David was referring to me or somebody else. I've done a little research, but didn't produce anything as to exactly who he was talking about. And it's just, you know, I put two and two together, that look that he gave me, you know, it it just seemed to make sense. I'd like to know for sure if that's what he meant. And even if he didn't say that it was me, uh, that, would, that would be okay. I just want to know the truth, you know. just want to know the truth about a lot of things. Are there UFOs? Are UFOs real? Are, are there extraterrestrials out there? Is there life elsewhere in the universe? Just give me the truth, you know. The U.S. government has been hiding up Roswell since 1947. Even now they've released some documents from the Freedom Information Act, you know, that show that they've redacted some stuff on these documents that were produced back in 1947 that indeed some spacecraft, crash spacecraft was recovered at Roswell and alien bodies also. So what more evidence do you need, Mr. Doubter, Mr. Non-Believer out there? But back to Van Halen, you know, I can't tell you if I'm one of the toughest souls that's out there. Perhaps that's not an accurate way of explaining what a soul is like, you know. A soul is, is the brain of the spirit, and this person who is incarnated onto this world to live a life and then transition to the afterlife, have some time off in heaven, which is a very beautiful place. You know, it's so bright 
and colorful because it's the sun, you know. The spirit in the human body is made of light energy. And where is the source of light energy for the solar system? The sun. If I'm wrong, that day when we transition into the afterlife and the spirit lands, you can come up and say, you were wrong, flat wrong. Or you could say, you were right, you know, the sun is heaven. And there's a lot of different suns in the universe because there's other species out there which are indigenous to that, to their solar systems, you know. The sun is the matrix of a, any particular solar system and all the different species out there. In the Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets, there's approximately 27,000 new species, species, you know, with new species being discovered all the time, you know. The creator of the universe is an awesome creator, a creator of bodies and planets and and also sentient beings, which are out there. Maybe even listening to my radio show right now. Hello, ETs out there. How are you? Thank you for any interactions you've had on Earth before in the past. Please continue to help us. I know you don't want to make contact with, with us right now because we would just shoot at you, right? Just like in the day the Earth stood still. And, oh, you're so intelligent. You know, I don't think I did anything wrong myself in particular. You know, it was funny. I'll tell you the truth. What happened the other day? I tuned into the movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Now, before I continue on, let me say that I'm not the only one that watched that movie that was out there or at any time in the past. But you remember, if you've seen that movie, the part where... Keanu Reeves is down below on the ground and they're trying to get him and they're about ready to shoot at him, about ready to kill him. And these two Blackhawk helicopters are overhead and he puts his hands out and shines. They have these lights that they focus in to shoot at him and he takes the beams and pushes them back and causes them to collide with each other and crash. Well, coincidentally, that night, that same night, Two Black Hawk helicopters crashed in Kentucky. Is that my fault? Like I said, I wasn't the only one watching that movie, or even still. And what about the idea that God is in control? You know, why would God do something like that to me, make me to blame for something like that? But it just makes me wonder, hey, dang, I was watching that movie last night, and two Black Hawk helicopters crashed, and then Around about the same time, two Black Hawk helicopters crashed in Kentucky for real, and nine soldiers were killed. This makes one wonder. But like I said, I believe, I'm a firm believer that God is in control. And there were other people watching that movie. That doesn't make me to blame for what happened. And God wouldn't do that to me anyway. But I just thought I'd mention that. And so back to heaven. When we get there we're going to notice that there is no religion in heaven. Yes, it's true. There is no religion. I'm telling you, no religion. So you're going to see people from all different cultures in heaven, Native American Indians, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, of the 4,000 religions on earth, people from all those religions who go there, people who have lived throughout the centuries from all different cultures there, worshiping the mother and father God, the creators of their soul and their spirit. 
we were born on the sun. Not necessarily this sun. It could have been another sun in the universe, maybe in the Milky Way galaxy. Yes, we were made to forget when we were born. You remember when you were born? I don't. If you do, I'm very impressed that you can remember when you were born. But we existed, I'm telling you the truth, we existed before we were born. Yes, our spirits were put into that fetus inside of our mother's womb during fetal development. We were in there for nine months, not necessarily all the time, but spirits can enter the body of a baby anywhere between after the heart starts beating, usually. There are exceptions up until about just before they're born. Nine months later, the spirit can enter in. Me, I don't remember when. I'm guessing they'd be five and a half, six months. You know, we also want to get to know our mother growing in her womb. And did you know that a spirit can actually look through the mother's eyes and the mother, of course, is, I mean, they're so, the baby and the mother are so connected, you know, with the umbilical cord, and she's feeding the baby with whatever she eats and ingests into her system, you know. The mother is drinking alcohol or smoking, of course, that's not a good thing, or taking drugs. The baby doesn't develop fully, kind of like in the movies Happy Feet, right, where the egg rolls out from underneath the, the father and, as an expo- and it's exposed in the cold weather for just a few seconds, but just just that short period of time was enough to make happy feet not develop as a normal penguin should. So there's a lot of people like that, I think, out in the world. You know, people who aren't uh, baked in the oven, so to speak, uh, to the appropriate level of normalcy, if you will. And... Because you look at some people who grow to be a ripe old age, and even some younger than that, who look like they're more, they've achieved more growth in their facial features and their facial characteristics and their body, while others don't look the same. Some people, some men are able to grow beards, others not, which is really a genetic kind of thing. And in heaven, too, we'll notice when we get there, not only all those people I mentioned, but the beauty there is beyond imagination, what we can imagine here on Earth. Because like I mentioned, we were made to forget when we were born here for that very for a very specific purpose, and that is to learn the basic social values of this kind of world, this planet, this kind of category of planet, of evolution. And we volunteered to come here. It is a jewel of the universe. There's so much life here. But it's a difficult kind of environment because animals eat each other. There's really 101 ways to die. Mother Nature can destroy uh, so many things, including us, you know, with hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes. But case in point, recently, those tornadoes, they pop up every once in a while. And, of course, they destroy houses and the people within them. And not everyone's able to get to safety, you know, when a tornado comes around. So Mother Nature is extremely powerful, and we knew that when we came into this world that we were coming into a very violent kind of weather, 
planet, you know, and sometimes volcanoes explode and spew their ashes into the atmosphere, block out the sunlight, create storms, earthquakes all over. Of course, you know all about earthquakes in every different area of the world. Hold on, just a minute, please. Okay. My wife's gone out. I was just wondering if that was her. I heard a noise in the kitchen. Anyway, so what else? Lightning, you can get struck by lightning. You can get killed by tsunamis. And you can get eaten by animals. You can get stung by poisonous insects. You can get bitten by poisonous snakes. You know, it's a a difficult learning environment, uh, so to speak. You know, the negativity can be attributed to those atmospheric, planetary conditions, if you will. Well, some people might want to attribute that to a devil or Archangel Lucifer. Not so, really, because you have to have the intellect to realize that the Creator, when he, she made Archangel Lucifer, just like Archangel Michael is in charge of the angels, that Archangel Lucifer was a perfect creation in all aspects and would not have the ability inherent in his nature to rebel because the Creator wouldn't create a being who he would know in advance since the Creator is omniscient would later on rebel against him and be disobedient. No, the Creator would have created the perfect creation who would have been obedient to him, her, for all eternity. And so the idea that the devil rebel, first of all, is a fantasy, a myth. And the devil, Archangel Lucifer, has a purpose, and that is to, to be in charge of the demons and also God's jail, otherwise known as hell. And heaven is, you're going to see there everything just like here on earth, mountains, valleys, fields, gold, beautiful green grass. Wheat growing, just, I mean, you can walk on the grass, it's so green and cool under our feet because the spirit is different than the physical body. It's got similar characteristics, but it's transparent and or translucent. And apparently from what I've read, it also has the inner stuff still there, like the organs and the inner mechanisms, but it's there just for kind of like show for lack of a better way of describing it, because naturally there are no bodily functions with a spiritual body, and you don't have to sleep as well. And also there are angels everywhere. We've forgotten about our brothers and sisters, angels in heaven, all kinds of different angels, from seraphims to cherubims, the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, Lucifer even, you know, so they all serve their purpose. They're all perfect creations. And there's the regular angels. Some appear on earth to help people, you know, sometimes in accidents. They can pull them from accidents when they would have died, you know, so they have the power to intervene to change things. Then you have virtues, dominions, principalities, all kinds of wonderful angels. And the seraphims especially are the ones that are flaming, you know, like they're on fire. The ones around the throne room, around Mother and Father God, and also you see Jesus who died on the cross there. In the throne room, he has his own throne, and there's a throne there for you. Do you want a throne, my friends? 
next to the mother and father God in Jesus? Do you want a throne? Do you want your own throne? Wouldn't that be cool to have your own throne next to all that spiritual light? It's a cat. The cat wants to come out. We have a beautiful white cat. She's coming out right now. I just had to open the door for her. So there in the throne room is a, it's an incredible, fantastic, amazing place because in the presence of the mother and father God, and you're going to come face to face. I guarantee every human being, every person that was born in this world will have a judgment day where they will stand in front of the mother and father God, the creators of their soul and spirit, and be held accountable for their life and their actions on earth. And in most cases, unfortunately, a lot of people fail in their missions that were given to them in their pre-existence before coming to earth. And that's a shame really, because we get distracted, we get down the wrong road, we do the wrong things, we listen to the wrong people, we are influenced by our parents, of course, you know, shaped and molded like them, and then we set out on that journey, our soul's journey in this life, and it's hard not to be afraid, you know, talking about these kinds of things. And death, you know, Blue Oyster Cult said it best when they said, don't fear the reaper. Because later on, I, I think about talking on my radio show about all these esoteric kind of subjects. And, and I think, well, why not? Because there's so much violence in this world and has been over the centuries. What's wrong with a little positive spirituality, you know, a little positivity, because what I'm talking about, like going to heaven, talking about heaven, about the spirit, about our mother and father God, is almost like the opposite of negativity. You turn on the television, you can see all these fantasy violence movies, you know, people getting killed. John Wick 3, he killed 112 people. I wonder if any of those men had families, you know, that they didn't go back to children, you know. Fantasy violence, hold on. Okay, I had to close the door because the dog was barking inside. There's a dog out here barking. I like to think about heaven. I like to talk about heaven because it's a place that I want to go to. Not everyone does go to there right away. We, we all came from there. Yes, that's true. We did exist before we were born. Our spirits did. But we won't, we won't all go back there. Not right away, anyway, because take somebody like a Hitler or a murderer, someone who is very vicious and evil and, and performs very violent stuff, you know, acts of violence. They have to be punished for those sins, you know, and there's a special place that the mother and father God has created in conjunction or coordination with the Supreme Creator whose planet was from the Big Bang to create solar systems one after another and galaxies one after another. Once uh, you get so many solar systems in a galaxy, then a new galaxy begins to form. And then the Supreme Creator created, commanded the four forces of the universe. The first force was the force that created the suns and the planets and the moons. The second force 
created the animal and plant life on all those different planets out there. Yeah, it's true. There is life because that's the second force of the universe. There's so much life out there, some life that we don't can't even imagine or comprehend what it's like. You know, we've seen some very creative shows on television on and in the movies like Avatar, for example. You know, that's a good stab, a good idea of what's out there, you know, but that's just like the very tip of the iceberg as far as what is out there on other planets, the animal and plant life. And then the third force was the force that created all the sentient beings. And do you know that there are some species out there that have been traveling throughout the universe for hundreds of millions of years? And what they do, and they love to explore, they have that explorer spirit that we kind of lost ourselves, you know, here on Earth, once we found everything there was to discover here on planet Earth. But those beings, what they do is they travel around the universe, of course, with the benefit of some really incredible technology that's been developed over those hundreds of millions of years. And naturally, they can traverse throughout the universe in a very, very quick way, not only in the conventional mode, which is, you know, by warping time and space and traveling many, many millions of miles an hour, but also by having themselves in their spacecraft go into another dimension where they then are put into a parallel universe, if you will, and the mode of transportation in that universe is by thought. And so if you're going from A to B, they can do that in a very quick way just by thinking, I want to be at B, where they came from, and they're there. And so those hundreds of millions of light years that separate us from the center of the universe where the Big Bang began can be traveled in a very fast way by knowledge of those of how to manipulate and take advantage of those cosmic powers, if you will, to adapt to them, to convert that energy into whatever is necessary to make themselves in their spacecrafts, disassemble their molecules and reassemble them on the other side. And then when they're ready to come back to the material universe, the physical universe, then they, again, they disassemble and reassemble on the other side. It's uh, matter transformation is something that we haven't discovered yet. But we will eventually, when they discover, our scientists and our astronomers discover that there are even smaller particles to the atom, you know, a smaller particle smaller than the atom, and realize then once, the, once they know all of the smaller particles, then it's just a matter of knowing how to manipulate those particles in order to transform matter from one form to another. Back to heaven. There's so many roadways there, you know, it's like a city, and there is a city there, and the gates of Pearl, there's walls around the main city. Now, the outside boundaries of heaven, outside the city, are just like in the fields that we have here in the mountains and valleys. One of the happiest times of my life was when I grew up in Nashwaxis, New Brunswick, Canada in the 60s specifically 62 to 68. And behind our backyard, there were fields that I used to walk through. And I can still remember those fields very clearly. Just beautiful all times of the year. Of course, up in Canada, there'd be a lot of snow. And over in the distance, there was a toboggan hill we used to use, you know, and have fun on. 
And then the school I went to was just about a mile or so away, and I would walk through the fields to get to that school. Later on, I went to another school. I still walked through those fields, but then I had to use the highways, the roads to to get to that particular school. But in the springtime, there were all these different flowers, beautiful flowers. And in June, there was a patch of wild strawberries. Excuse me, let me take a drink. I know exactly my mind's eye. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where those wild strawberries were, I used to go and pick them. And over there on the other side, I knew in July where to get raspberries and blackberries. Oh, beautiful, fresh raspberries and blackberries. Pick them off the vine and eat them. That's what I'm talking about. And then in August, there was a blueberry patch just behind our house in that field. As a young boy growing up there, we used to walk around and we would catch snakes and all kinds of snakes, not poisonous, fortunately, but red belly snakes, grass snakes, garter snakes. And we would set out many a summer night or summer day to go and try to find snakes, overturning rocks and, and different things to look underneath them and find these snakes. And they would run away and we'd catch them and hold them for a little while and then let them go. And heaven's like that. The fields of heaven are just awesome. Just beautiful. One has to understand that the colors are there are more intense. So, and then there, from what I've heard, people that have been there have experienced it for a short while, come back to talk about it, that there's even colors that we don't know about here on Earth. So, as a foundation for visualizing what heaven is like, realize that the colors are going to be a lot more intense, just like Remember the old Polaroid? I've said this before in other shows. The old Polaroid camera, you take a picture, you see the negative, right? And it's black and it's white. And then it develops into the color. Well, that's like comparing Earth with heaven. That's much more brighter it will be. And you have fields there of, of wheat and other vegetables. They grow vegetables. They grow bread. As far as whether or not they eat meat there, I'm not sure. They might eat fish. I believe there are fish in the oceans, rivers, and lakes, and seas in heaven. Water there has a very unusual property. You can go into the water up over your, and you can be walking like on the floor of the ocean, if you will, because they have oceans there in heaven. They do. They really do. I promise you. That's the truth. You'll see. They have oceans. They have seas. They have rivers, like the river of life that leads out of the throne room. I'm telling you. It's really there, and they have lakes and people playing every, everywhere. Everyone is so happy and joyful in heaven, you know, because the, just imagine, no bodily functions. You don't have to go to the bathroom. You don't have to sleep. And all you feel is love and joy and happiness, and there's laughter everywhere. Not one bit of negativity or discord. There's no darkness, no shadows. It's all light. Light of heaven is the sun, you know. The sun is in the center of the solar system. You have to understand that not only does the sun provide heat and light for our planet, but also that energy from the sun revolves the planets around itself. You know, the rotation of the planets, too. And now you have some moons that get caught in the gravitational feed of some planets, like our moon. So that revolves around our planet by the power of our gravitational field, but for the most part, the gravitational field that 
revolves the planets around the sun, it comes from the sun itself. Back to heaven, then you can, every day there's activities going on. It, it is a busy schedule. And the mother and father God, and I was talking about the throne room early. I want to try to talk about that some more. The days are busy with lectures and, and concerts, musical concerts. The angels are playing all the time, flying overhead. And there's not one note of discord. Everyone's singing in harmony. And they're on the same sheet of music. And... So I, was, I get going so fast sometimes I, I skip from one subject to the other. So forgive me for that, please. You walk in the water and you may be over your head and you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm underneath the water. I can drown. But hey, guess what? You're already dead. You're, you're in heaven. And then you can see all these beautiful colors like prisms of colors and rainbows in the water. And you can still hear stuff too. Like there's a, a tone. There's tones that are going on all the time. There's a call to worship in heaven because that's what we do. You know, there's these noises, um, um, kind of like <clears throat> over the loudspeaker, call to worship. And you know what? Why not worship the creator of the universe for everything that exists that didn't have to exist, you know? Nothing really need, needed to exist. Everything that's here today is at a result of the supreme creator, courtesy of the supreme creator of the universe, who made nothing, made something out of nothing. And that I mentioned the four forces, and the, I didn't say the fourth force, which is the, the spiritual aspect. The Supreme Creator, in the beginning, there was darkness and silence before the physical universe began to be created, one solar system after another. The Supreme Creator of the universe, who they say, you can't imagine what he or she likes. And indeed, the Supreme Creator is both male and female. The Supreme Creator is, is a shifting, constantly changing spiritual entity of such tremendous size. Because since the physical universe belongs to him, her, you could say the Supreme Creator is everything that is, exists in the physical universe. All that energy, everything that was created is a part of the Supreme Creator, yet on the other side, on the other hand, the Supreme Creator is also a separate physical entity that existed before the universe was born. So the Supreme Creator is spirit, but such enormous, it's incomprehensible to describe how big the Supreme Creator can be, yet it, the Supreme Creator can shift and change its size to a smaller size, or it could be like the size of a galaxy or multiple galaxies, a spirit. Imagine that. Or a mother and father God in heaven who are co-creator gods who have been going through that process, who achieved that co-creator God status by going through that process of incarnation from one life to another until they achieve that perfect, that perfection of spirit, if you will, by getting rid of all that negativity and karma from past lives, the wrongdoings to achieve their co-creator God status are like the Supreme Creator, but not the Supreme Creator. That was the plan of the Supreme Creator, to create a physical universe, to have co-creator gods who command solar systems. I'm going to take a drink. Why, you might ask. 
because the Supreme Creator wants, wanted to satisfy his, her, both male and female. Remember, the universe is both male and female. Spiritual need. And that spiritual need is basically summed up by saying to grow. Growth. How many of you know about growth? Remember that movie, Platoon? I forget the actor's name. But he, um, they wanted to kill him because he killed Goliath, you know, the sergeant. He went down there and said, what do you all know about death? Well, what do you all know about growth? Well, I was a baby at one time, and now I'm 69 years old almost. I've achieved a lot of growth. I know a little bit about growth, but that's only just a tiny little bit of what the Supreme Creator is seeking. Because all the experiences that we have in our lifetime, everything that we experience and feel and accumulate into our own mind, if you will, is assimilated into that ocean of God's spirit, like a drop of water, if you will, and our mother and father God. Also, we go back to them. I mean, they're the creators of our soul and our spirit. So it's all one level of another, one level to another, to another, to another. And all of that is fed into the ocean of the supreme creator spirit to satisfy that spiritual need of growth and expansion not only with the sentient beings, but also the physical universe itself, which, which is constantly expanding, and the borders of infinite space are constantly expanding. Isn't that amazing? If you look at the edges of infinite space and see that that process of creation is still ongoing, it's amazing. And so we go from one planet to another in that filtering of negativity from one life to another until we achieve that perfection of spirit, that pureness of spirit, where we can be co-creator gods of our own solar system and create our own planets and our own spirit children by knowledge of those universal forces, those cosmic forces that exist. That's something that we have in store for us, if you want to, you know, the choice is yours, but understand that, you know, there's a lot of people that forget. Indeed, come into this world, being born into this world, it's a forgetting and a remembering, and that's what I've done, and that's okay. It's not like you can't remember. You were born to forget, but you can remember during your lifetime where you came from, all of that. You can think about what heaven is like, which is what I do. And there's different levels of evolution. People would get to heaven. Hold on just a minute, please. I'm going to get another bottle of water. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. So why not talk about heaven, you know? It's, it's the intelligent thing to do when we know that our days here on Earth are not guaranteed for us, that tomorrow might not be here for some of us. If you believe that the mother and father God are in control, that we have an expiration date, and I don't want to die. Who does want to die? I enjoy this life. Some people commit suicide, though. 
And heaven is such a beautiful place. It's an intelligent thing to do to try to envisualize, envision, to visualize what it's like. As I mentioned, I like to paint a picture, you know, on just talking on my radio show because it might be beneficial for you, but it's also beneficial for me so that when I get there someday, and hopefully I will, as I was mentioning, not everyone goes there. There's a place called God's Jail, which is beneath the surface of the earth, where there's a lot of brimstone and fire and lava beds and terrible smells, and there's demons down there too because it's dark for the most part. Not something, not a place you'd want to go like that. Act, the active shooters, some active shooters, they die, they get shot, or they kill themselves. It's a pretty common thing for active shooters to do, take their own lives. If they only knew what awaits them, there are some very nasty, nasty, nasty demons in hell that are built, created especially for people like that, and they know how to terrorize them to the core of their being for doing things like that, for taking away someone's life against their own will. And that's something that is sacred to the Creator to the Supreme Creator and to a mother, father, God in heaven, a mother and father, God in heaven, you don't take someone's life against their own will. You're not supposed to. You have to pay the price if you do. And it can be quite a price to pay. And even committing suicide, where you go to like a purgatory state and stay there for an indefinite amount of time. But there is salvation. There is no eternal damnation. People can be saved by prayers. Some people I know committed suicide, like there was a guy at work recently. I said a prayer for him. I like to think that it helped. I'm not saying that every prayer you pray for someone who committed suicide will spring them from jail, if you will, or purgatory. But if you realize that you had the power to do that, would you? Would you? Anyone that you know that commits suicide, would you have the courage? Would you have the intelligence to say a quick prayer for them, male or female, like, God... And you got to know what God looks like, right? God is spirit. God, please bless so-and-so's soul, you know. They were a good man, like the guy at work, Greg. God, please bless Greg's soul. He was a good man. I understand how quickly things can, you know, get on our nerves, uh, how quickly things can change here on Earth. And while one day we were feeling like on top of the world, Within a couple of days, you know, all of a sudden we're at rock bottom and it's a terrible feeling. We might have done something that's really embarrassing, some sexual immorality. We might have killed somebody by mistake. People take their lives for different reasons. But one has to understand that this is a difficult world to live in, you know. One has to have compassion and empathy for a person like that. And so I do depending on who I heard commit suicide, committed suicide. Now, actually, I wouldn't pray for the salvation of an active shooter's soul, you know. Um, that perfect judgment I leave up to the mother and father God, you know. Let them judge that individual. But me, people that I've known, maybe some musical people like Nirvana, the lead singer for Nirvana, you know, I think I've... I've Said a prayer for his soul, especially when people take alcohol. Now, listen, from one co-creator God to another, take it from me. I'm not going to judge you for what you do. 
you have free will to put anything you want inside your body. But from my experience, what I went through with alcohol, it was demonic to me. And I kicked the habit. I'm very proud of it. And now I don't have to worry about it at all. Not even a, a little bit touches my lips. And I'm happy that I no longer am addicted. I saw a movie just the other day called Flight, you know, with Denzel Washington. It was, a, it was about a pilot who was an alcoholic. And he was piloting a plane. And there was a mechanical error. And the plane went down. And he had to invert it in order to save everybody. And he flew inverted for a few miles before flipping it around and then landing. And six people were killed, and but about 100 people survived. They found out that he was an alcoholic. He went into like a federal agency hearing and he admitted to being an alcoholic in the end. But my father was an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic. My mother was an alcoholic. And Unless you kick the habit before you're born, before you die, excuse me, let me go back because I shouldn't have said that. That was a Freudian slip of the tongue. I won't judge you. I'm trying not to be judgmental. Try not to. So just know that, in my opinion, a lot of people who commit suicide are influenced by alcohol. Take that for what it's worth. And you ever see that? You ever see that movie, Hang Him High? A guy that one of the guys that's hung in the movie, he killed his wife, and then he's going to be hung for killing his wife. And he said he got drunk, and he gives a speech on the the bad things about alcohol. And I forget exactly what he said, but it's pretty interesting if you want to watch the movie Hang Him High and listen to that what he says about alcohol. But anyway. Yeah, no, I'm just a co-creator God like you, and I don't want to judge you if you want to drink alcohol in moderation. Go right ahead. You know, that's fine. I know a lot of people that do. I'm just saying that a lot of the suicides can be attributed to alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol. Sexual immorality, blame it on alcohol, right? But who am I to tell you what to do? Because I used to drink, so I can't judge you. But anyway, how did I digress from that? Um, from what I was talking about, I mean, how did I digress? Mm, how am I doing on time? 6.52, I've just got a few minutes. When you get around the throne room, when the mother and father go, and I've said this before in other shows, but then for the people who might be listening for the first time, when you get into the throne room, now, you have to understand, you can get to heaven and it's a very beautiful place, as I described, mountains, valleys, rivers, lakes, oceans, seas, fields, beautiful fields, different colors, intense colors everywhere. There's no sun in the sky, but there's because it's the sun itself. So it's like the, there's light everywhere. There's no darkness. There's angels everywhere. There's highways paved in gold. There's silver. There's precious stones everywhere. There's pearl. There's marble. There's beautiful flowers everywhere. Ever Lots of flowers. And they look at you like they're alive. They turn their their flowers or petals towards you as you walk on by, almost as if they had their own intellect, their own intelligence. And the properties of water are different in heaven. When you get inside, you're going to meet people from all walks of life in the past, throughout the centuries. You're going to meet the disciples, the patriarchs of the Bible, everyone who worshiped God, who believed in God, is going to be there. Good people, decent people, 
people who love their fellow human beings, people who love others, who, who would not do something to someone else that they wouldn't do to themselves. Do not, what's that saying? Do not do unto others as you, do unto others as you have done unto you. But the throne room is different. There's a, a sea of glass on around the throne room where the redeemed spirits who have been able to withstand, who, who are spiritually developed enough, evolved enough, to be in the presence of all that light. Now, I've said this before. That light that shines from a mother and father God is so bright from Jesus because it's all about increase your lamp. You know, your soul is a lamp. It's a light. We're born into this world with this, for example, to give you an analogy, a 60-watt light bulb of our souls, and our goal is to increase it to 100 watts before we transition from this existence into the afterlife. So that lamp of your soul, when you get to the spiritual realms, the spirit lands, you're going to see that your spirit shines with a light. And some lights are brighter than other people, and then other people's are brighter than yours. And our spirit mother and father, their light is so bright that it washes over you like a glory and a brilliance. It will blow you away as like a hurricane force wind to best describe it, that light. So to be able to withstand that glory and brilliance, one has to develop oneself spiritually to withstand that glory and brilliance. Do you understand? I took taken me a while. I love to talk about it. I hope you I've learned from other people. I hope you learn from me. And then when you're around the throne room, of course that's the the ultimate, the epitome of being in heaven, being in the love of your your creators of your soul and your spirit. And of course there's a mother God, because Father God wants a woman by his side. Who says out there that the Father God can't have a woman? Those old people from way back thousands of years ago who helped write the Bible, who were very domineering, you know, who only sought power and authority over the masses, they didn't give women the right they deserve being co-creator gods in their own right, having a having human beings grow inside their bodies. They've been treated worse than dogs and still are in some parts of the world. So your mother God is, is for real. And to tell you the truth, you can't create any children. We are the children of God. Even Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, we are the children of God. You can't have any children, the mother and father God. We are the children. Without a mother and a father, a father alone cannot create children. Does that make sense? Unless you have some idea in your mind, a fantasy or otherwise, how a father God can create a child. You might attribute some magical power to the father God without really knowing what it is or even giving it much thought or doing any research. You just take it for granted because that's what someone's told you and you're just spouting what they believe and included among your own beliefs. It's wrong, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. It's all good. When we get to the throne room, though, that sea of glass is that area where we're going to all be dancing and, and celebrating and, and the joy and happiness there with angels flying around, flying over the throne of the Mother and Father God and Jesus and other thrones there. And there's such uh, worshiping spirits and and praising the creator of the universe for the miracles of all creation. That's where the action is happening in heaven, there in the throne room, because we're going to realize... And, you know, I might not be here next week giving my show, my friends, because you ever heard of enlightenment? Now, I don't want to die, but if I do, it might be because I have achieved enlightenment by saying all these things, by 
having gained this knowledge that I am imparting to you. Now, I hope and pray that I don't, because I enjoy this life. I enjoy this beautiful world. I enjoy my family. I enjoy my pets. I enjoy everything. I enjoy singing with my choir. I enjoy going to Toastmasters like I did today and speaking in front of people. It's all very cool, very nice. You know, I enjoy driving my car on the freeway. It's exciting. It's invigorating. You know, I enjoy this world. I love to see the sunrise and see the sunset. I don't want to pass away. But if that's the mother and father's will, then I'm not afraid to die. You know, I think it'll be just a short bit of time. It'll be some intense pain, depending on how you die. Hopefully it won't be a long, drawn-out process, you know, like being in a hospital bed for a few days, being intubated, and then they eventually pull the tube. Hopefully that won't happen. Anyway, how am I doing on time? I think I've got... Oh, I think I've gone over my time. So, my friends, thank you for listening to my show. And if David D. Rock's out there, or his manager, or anybody who tuned in, if you like what you heard, come on back and hear again. Next week, I'll be even more spiritually developed and with some additional information to give you on the spirit realms that you really won't find anywhere else. I mean, there's books out there, but hearing it from me, you know, and why not? I learn from other people. I think I only have a few seconds left, so here's a prayer, a quick prayer. Supreme creator of the universe, you're so awesome. You know, it's hard to imagine what you were like or what you look like, Supreme Creator, but suffice it to say, we love you. and You're awesome beyond comprehension. Thank you for everything. Please bless us, everybody, everybody, in any way we need it. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.